Our scripture lesson this day comes from a little letter in the New Testament that we know as Philippians, and we have these verses. Listen for the word of God. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Do not worry about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, beloved, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence and if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Keep on doing the things you have learned and received and heard and seen in me and the God of peace will be with you. This is the word of the Lord. Can I tell you a story? <laughs> That's a standard line that I started with 10 years ago. And I have a few stories for you today, and they're all around the theme of, of rejoicing. So two weeks ago on Sunday, afternoon, I had my last baptism before my retirement. If we can see a picture to, of that, please. So, yeah, aren't these cute kids? This is Luke and Lila Shellhammer, and uh, they wanted to be baptized at Barton Springs. Yeah. Barton Springs, I love it, don't you? So, <laughs> so anyhow, it was, uh, we go there on this Sunday afternoon, and um, it's not at the pool, okay? They kind of, they, it's a little more difficult. So we did it at the public beach just below Barton Springs. You know what I'm talking about, where there's a bunch of people in all manners of dress or undress, and there's, thank you, and there's, there's, and there's dogs and stuff like, you know, there's so many dogs there, they call it Barking Springs. So, so the Shellhammers have set aside a little piece of the beach here to reserve it, and so family members and friends are gathered, and Kathy and I get there, and uh, so Tim, the dad, he takes me out into the middle of Barton Creek, and he said, this is, I think, a good place for you to perform the baptism. I said, great. By the way, Methodists can do baptism by immersion, just to teach you that, okay? All right, so it's wonderful. We've gathered there. I'm standing in the water. I'm doing the liturgy. I know this by heart. I've done it so many times, and asking those questions, and doing the Thanksgiving over the water, and now it comes time to baptize these two kids. And so I have the parents walk with the kids down into the water. And of course, at the very place that we had set aside for the baptism, there's a guy with his dog. <laughs> Excuse me, sir. Do you mind? We're going to have a baptism. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, he got out of the way. So anyhow, baptizing the kids and you, you pinch their nose and you put your hand behind their neck and you go under the water. So we're doing that. And there's this woman on this big frog float, and she's floating down the river, and she goes, I can't steer this thing. <laughs> Pow, right into us, okay? So, <laughs> the scripture says, rejoice in the Lord always, not in the outward circumstances. Baptism is our sacrament of identity. It says, it's not about all the outward stuff. It's about your relationship with Christ. You have been marked. You have been claimed. You have been named. And nothing can take that away from you. This is something I've learned from you, Westlake United Methodist Church. It's not about the outward circumstances. <laughs> 
We've been through the Great Recession. (laughs) We've been through depressions and diseases and deaths. Rejoice in the Lord. It's not an outward feeling of happiness. It's this deep relationship with Christ. We know who we are because we have been claimed and named by Jesus. Rejoice in the Lord always. Hubilado, huh? (laughs) We rejoice. So I have have another story here, and it involves this next picture. So the scripture says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. The, The word rejoice you know I love to do the Greek, and y'all just love it when I do this. So the, the word rejoice can also be translated as farewell or goodbye. The church that I've previously served just before here was First United Methodist Church in Portland, Texas, down on the coast, down near Corpus Christi. And I learned how to say goodbye and farewell well there. Because Naval Station Ingleside was right there. I had a lot of those Navy personnel, guys and gals, come through my congregation. And I learned from them that you can have the outgoing person and the incoming person at the same time in the same place, and it's all right. We're doing that today. Do you get this? With Pastor Tracy here. So this is how a change of command ceremony would happen at Naval Station Ingleside. Sometimes they do it on base, sometimes they do it on a ship, sometimes they do it in another place. But uh, the captain, uh, pardon me, the crew and family members would be here in the congregation with people like me, and, and the outgoing captain would be one of the um, last people to come onto the dais where, where the, all the big wigs were, and, and the bosun would be there with his little whistle, and he'd go, <laughs> do you hear it? Yeah, he goes, Captain USS, uh, pardon me, USS Robin entering because the captain is the ship. So he takes his place and there's, there's a bunch of stuff. There's plaques and swords and, you know, just letters and speeches and stuff. And, and, and so at the end of this time, the new captain of the ship is the last one off the dais and they go, USS Robin leaving because the captain is the ship. And everybody knows, everybody who has seen that goes, ah, it's clear to me. We had this captain an hour ago. Now we have this captain. It's going to happen here at the close of this worship service today. If you have loved me any at all, (laughs) I'm asking you to transfer that to Pastor Tracy, that would be my fondest wish if you could have a very clean and clear transfer here of senior pastors. I believe you can do it, okay? So, that's what I learned at Portland, First United Methodist Church. So, third picture here, and um, this involves the church I served just before Portland. This is Laurel Heights United Methodist Church in San Antonio. And I didn't pick up on this story till Monday because I had my last memorial service right here in this space on Monday. And that was for a neighbor of ours named Chris. And one of Chris's friends happened to be a member of Laurel Heights United Methodist Church when I was her pastor there. So this, this particular person, and her name's Debbie, and uh, she was, has been a physician, but she's also been an author, has written books. 
while I was her pastor in Laurel Heights in San Antonio, she had written a book, and she had a book signing, and she invited me. I felt so special. Isn't this great? You know, you come, and you know the author, right? And uh, you go to the bookstore, and there's the line of people, and she has the book, and she says, you know, may I make a personal inscription for you? You've done this, right? And so she, she writes the inscription inside of my book. It says, Dear John... <laughs> My name's not John. <laughs> uh, I said, Debbie, my name's Lynn. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. John had been the former pastor there for nine years. I need to tell you that Laurel Heights was my, uh, one of my most difficult appointments. <laughs> uh, uh, never quite took. I don't know why. Uh, I only stayed there three years, my shortest tenure of, of being a pastor. Um, here's what I need to get around to. Hubilado, that's the name of this sermon, this message today. It's the Spanish word for retirement. I love that word so much better than retirement. Retirement sounds like you're tired, you know, you're worn out, just beat. Hubilado sounds like jubilee, joy, rejoicing. And I want to pick up on that word jubilee here. In your Old Testament, you remember this, the year of the jubilee? Every 50th year, this is what happened Debts were forgiven. Slaves were set free. The land was returned to its original owners. There was a reset. This is what happened to me at Laurel Heights United Methodist Church. I had to go through a reset. Y'all don't know this, but I was going to quit the ministry at that time. I said, you know, if this is ministry, I've had all the fun I can stand, you know? Uh, Really? Uh, I had options. I could do other things. And I needed a jubilee. And I, get, and I forgave Debbie. And I forgave Laurel Heights. They forgave me. And this is what we need in life. We need hubilado. We need jubilee. That debts are forgiven. <laughs> people are set free. Don't we kind of hold people in slavery sometimes? That our, our thoughts and memories... And and we need to give the land back, the possessions back to whom they they belong to have an an equalizing effect. Um, So Laurel Heights was a a reset for me. What what did it say in the scripture about showing gentleness to everyone? Do you remember that? The word in in Greek there is a magnanimity, a forgiveness, a a letting go of, of the past. Um, I love that. So, another slide. The church before um, Laurel Heights, I actually got to serve twice. St. John's United Methodist Church here in Austin. Right out of seminary, it was my first appointment for four years. I left for a little while to San Saba. We'll talk about them in a moment. And then I came back as their senior pastor for six years. St. John's United Methodist Church loved me. <laughs> they, they forgave me. They, they were the ones that got me launched in ministry and uh, really taught me how to be a pastor. And I'm just so grateful to them. And they taught me that church is not just the pastor, it's the community. It's the community of faith. Uh, they're still practicing that today. As you see there, they are one of the Reconciling Ministry Network-affiliated churches here in the Austin area. You know, I've pushed on that a little bit in this congregation, and I would love to see how big the welcome could be in, in this congregation. 
They, they taught me a lot about love. It, it said in the scripture there, the Lord is near. Sometimes people use that as a threat. You know, there's the little prophet on the street and says, the Lord is coming, the Lord is near, repent. I don't take that as a scare tactic. The Lord is near is a comfort to me. The Lord is near in you, in the body of Christ, in the people gathered as, as the church. We are the community of faith. So an, another slide, the, in, in between my St. John stints, um, I got to serve San Saba, First United Methodist Church. This was hard. Um, in the four years prior to my going out there as the pastor, they had had four pastors. <laughs> Try that sometime. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Talk about having to earn trust. Man, for three and a half years, it was, I mean, it was brutal. Um, what did the scripture say? Have no anxiety about anything. <laughs> But in everything, by prayer and supplication, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God will guard, will keep your hearts and mi your minds in Christ Jesus. In San Saba, I had to learn how to pray. I had to learn that it wasn't about how smart I was or how hard I worked or how competent I was, how much education I had. None of that mattered. I had to have a real relationship with Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. I had to trust that he, he had been raised from the dead and that he promised his Holy Spirit to be with us forever. And I, and I really learned how to pray at, at San Saba. It was also there that I, I learned that I needed an accountability group, and I started meeting with two or three other pastors on a regular basis, and it's a pattern that I've continued until today. You cannot do this following Christ thing alone. It's just impossible. We're all vulnerable. You can't do it by yourself. Um, I'm really big on this. Uh, what, did, what did the scripture say there? Yeah, don't be anxious about anything, but in prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, will keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The last year and a half were wonderful <laughs> at San Saba. We earned their trust, and it was really great. Our boys uh, started school there. It was terrific. One more slide here about uh, rejoicing. Uh, two more slides. Today, I give thanks for my baptism in place in the church. This is my mom holding me the day I was baptized, Mother's Day, 1953. Do you get it? The bookend thing with the baptism at the front. Huh, do you see that? How I worked that in? Huh, yeah, yeah. Because I know I am claimed by Jesus. And I'm so grateful to my parents and to my family and to uh, First United Methodist Church in Littlefield, Texas, where I grew up. And all those whatevers in that passage, did you hear those whatevers? Whatever is good and pure and true and... Uh, and, 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 and Paul said, if you've seen these things in me, then imitate me. I imitated a lot of people, like my parents and like those Christians at, at First United Methodist Church in Littlefield. I didn't get here by myself, and I'm so grateful for that. I rejoice in that. And I have one more story to tell you, and here's a picture of my dad. He's holding me. Isn't this cute? Isn't this great? So what does it say, 10 o'clock or later? <laughs> so... My dad told me, you know, I aspire to be half the storyteller that my dad was. And this, this is a true story. So uh, 
In dad's later years, he used to get his hair cut at the same time in the same barber shop um, every week in Littlefield, Texas. I don't know why. He, did, he had hair kind of like I did, you know, at that age. But you get into the routine, I guess. You kind of, you know, just, it's, it's that time of the week, so you, you go. And, and the same guys are there, and I don't want to do stereotypical stuff, but uh, men gossip too, okay? Just to let you know, <laughs> in the barbershop. But yeah, they talk about the price of cotton, and they talk about how much rain you've gotten that past week, but uh, they also talk just, you know dishing dirt on one another and what's happening in the community. So one day, a dad was there at his usual place, usual time, but the crowd was different this day. And uh, we'll call him Mac. Mac, I don't mean any offense to you, but you just call him Mac. So um, uh, dad goes, uh, where's Mac? And the barber said, you haven't heard? He goes, heard what? His wife shot him dead. <laughs> really? What? How, how did that happen? And the barber said, well, he finally got to the bottom of his honeydew list. He, he finished out the job jar, and she said, I don't need you anymore. Bang! <laughs> Shot him dead. And dad said, don't ever finish. I'm here to witness to you today before my wife, Kathy, I will never get to the bottom of the job jar. <laughs> I will never finish being a pastor, even though I'm retired. I will never finish being a follower of Christ. The good news I have to share with you this day is rejoice. Hubilado. Hubilado.